The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCALP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. So as always, I'm just going to jump right on in. There's <laughs> endless, <laughs> there are endless subjects to address, uh, to unpack. So let's start with Mayor Wu. Now, Mayor Wu, uh, I'm talking about Michelle probably more over these last few weeks, these last few months than I have, uh, you know, for the last, you know, the the first, let's say, eight years. I didn't talk about her as much as I have over the last few weeks. There we go. Get, getting it out there. <laughs> uh, phrase, looking, the, looking for a way to phrase it just so. Um, and, and it just, it comes down to her, and, and I'll continue to stress this, not listening to people, not listening at all. Um, now, I've never been a fan of Michelle Wu. Uh, I've been pretty upfront with that. It's not something that I have just, you know, started to articulate that is my displeasure with her, with her performance as an elected official. Uh, I've, you know, I've been uh, a critic since, uh, since her, since her first run for the city council. Um, But I've never tried to kind of lob uh, gratuitous shots at her. I don't think that that's helpful. I don't think that that's useful. And I think that if you have a point to make, uh, there's certain lines that you don't cross. There, there, there's certain things that you don't say, and in, you shouldn't make it personal. Um, you should try not to make it personal, and you should always, at the minimum, show respect for the office that the person holds, and show respect for yourself too. So, if I put forth a criticism, um, I'll, I'll give a reason why. So I think that as a city councilor, she really didn't do much. And it's interesting for me to, to see people making comments, you know, along the lines of, well, okay, Michelle, now you're a mayor. You're not, you know, just a city councilor. And, and I understand the person's point, the people's point, you know, because actually a lot, number of people have made this point. And they're not wrong, but I, I would qualify that remark by saying that being a Boston City Council is actually very, very important. And, and, and I'm sure that these people who, who have made this remark or something like it uh, think so too. But I think the issue is that we have come to accept our city councilors not doing a whole heck of a lot. We've accepted them being more uh, ceremonial figures than anything else. 
And I have a huge problem with that. And, and again, this isn't a criticism against, you know, people who see city councilors as largely, um, you know, kind of like uh, ambassadors of Boston. Uh, it's more it's more on the city councilors themselves, because I think that. I mean, while we as the people, I mean, we obviously have a responsibility to hold our elected officials responsible at every level of government, notwithstanding that that truth. I do think that if you're going to stand up to run for an office, you should have respect for it. And you, you know, I, I spoke about myself having respect for the office, which is why one of the reasons why um, I'm not going to cross certain lines if I'm critical uh, of an elected official. But I think that the elected official himself or herself should have respect for the office that he or she is running for. And if he or she happens to get elected, well, then I would think that it's particularly important uh, to show an understanding of the responsibilities of the job and to recognize that at the end of the day, you're a public servant. That's what you are. At every level of government, if you're an elected official, you're a public servant. And what I'm seeing is a number of elected officials that have been wrongly allowed to think that they are uh, celebrities. Uh, they've been allowed to think that they are activists or they've been allowed to behave as activists insofar as they um, focus on one segment of the population or a few segments of the population or they uh, talk about uh, a, f a fixed number, a set number of issues, and it's always the same issues. And I understand that depending on your background, your experiences, there might be certain things that you advocate for more. Um, there are certain uh, things that, you know, because they might be passions of yours, are particularly strong interests, so you might have a background. I understand then if these are ideas or themes, so to speak. These are, or these uh, might be um, signature uh, projects or signature initiatives, right? I get that. But the entirety of your time in office should not be focused on particular segments in the population. They should not be focused on certain issues. No elected official is there to only serve certain parts of the population. No elected official is there to have a set list of talking points, and that's it. Whatever your responsibilities are, and that's determined by, you know, the office that you hold, you should speak to all those responsibilities. And, you know, we have a number of elected officials, as I said, who've been permitted to really kind of do and say as they please. 
And it's been to the detriment of the people. Now, to get back to Michelle Wu, Mayor Wu, Michelle isn't someone who has made a practice of listening to other people. And it's interesting because I know one of her supporters, and I'm not going to say who, (laughs) I'm not going to say who, but one of her supporters was trying to pitch the feasibility of her candidacy, of of the idea of a Wu administration to conservatives. And what this individual said was that, well, Michelle is willing to listen to people. Michelle is willing to meet people halfway. And then I was told by someone that Michelle attended an event and she made a point of saying that she wanted to hire people not based on personal relationships. So she was eschewing cronyism. But what she wanted to do was focus on ability, qualifications, merit. Now, I don't want to denigrate people who chose to believe that because I've interacted with a number of people and some of them are politicians and, you know, you can at different times, have meaningful conversations with people, right? Um, And you can maybe share a laugh. And you talk to someone and you, you feel like you've turned a corner. So maybe you haven't always seen eye to eye with this person. Maybe you've expressed frustration or disagreement, Your you know, your disagreement with someone. Um, But you might have a conversation, and it's just, it's nice. And you you can talk and share ideas, and it's, there's no tension, there there are no pretenses, uh, there there are no expectations. It's just two people interacting and and sharing ideas and sharing thoughts. And and that's nice. And and (laughs) honestly, people... Regardless of political proclivities, inclinations, you know, people should be able to sit down and have nice conversations, right? And and particularly now, because I feel like, you know, a lot of us were so isolated, you know, on account of the pandemic for so long. So it just would be really, I think, wonderful if people could you know, with our, well, I mean, we're still, depending on who, depending upon the people uh, that you speak with, uh, some might tell you we're still in the pandemic, we're in the throes of it, uh, and then other people see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then there are yet other people who think that it's been uh, political theater all along, or at least um, over the last few months, Right. Um, but any way you look at it, I think that we're at a stage where we can sit down and talk. Um, we don't have to have our masks on, you know, depending on where we are. 
Um, we can we can you know enjoy another's company, another individual's company, or other people's uh, company, and we can do it. But a lot of people have chosen not to do it because they don't want to hear another point of view. They don't want to listen to what another person has to say. And and it's just, it's unfortunate. And so rather than embrace uh, this shift in our reality, so instead of being cloistered at home, we're out, we're about, um, instead of embracing that and just you know, being social and, and, and kind of saying, you know what, it's, it's just nice to have human contact again. Let's take advantage of that. Uh, people uh, have emerged and, um, you know, obviously not everybody, but there's some people who have emerged and, I mean, I see rudeness. I see a real lack of compassion, a lack of consideration. It's, it's absolutely incredible. So it's just, it's so unfortunate. But to get back to the point, I, I do understand when people can have uh, pleasant exchanges, encounters with other people, and that can maybe make them think, you know what, maybe the person's not that bad. Uh, although I don't agree with the person usually, um, I think that the person at the foundation is decent, and so... I'm going to vote for that person. So, you know, of course, if this, this person, the person in question is a politician, and, and you say, well, I'm, I'm going to give this person a chance, right? Uh, and then that's that. But I function a little bit differently. You know, I do want that contact. Um, you know, it's a human thing. So I, I like to be able to talk to people, and I like to be able to exchange different ideas. Um, and so. Obviously, if I have pleasant encounters, uh, that makes me happy, right? I mean, it's not going to make me unhappy, but it's not a pleasant encounter, encounter or encounters that's going to erase what I know. So I, I move and I function a little bit differently. And so for me, you know, and I've said this on previous shows, I've looked at what Michelle did as a city councilor. And quite frankly, I didn't see her do a whole heck of a lot. And I saw at different points in time, she quite honestly did not seem to know what she was doing. She didn't know the issue or issues. Uh, I remember there was one meeting, uh, city council um, meeting, and she just really didn't seem to, she she hadn't done her homework uh so i think it was i think it was actually a hearing and it was about the marijuana dispensaries and i just you know the questions that she was asking they were really <laughs> they were basic questions and those could have been answered she could have had a staffer reach out or, you know, click, 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 you know, a few clicks on the computer um, and or, you know, could have sent off emails, a couple of emails, and she could have gotten the answers uh, that she was looking for. Um, so I was very, I was very unimpressed. Uh, she was, 
I think, uh, trying to clarify exactly where the location of the dispensaries were. And I think that was, um, I think that was one of the questions. And, and I remember thinking, well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I definitely was, that was one of the questions. And I remember thinking, well, why do you need clarification when there was no confusion? Like that wasn't, like that wasn't the issue, right? We knew where <laughs> these businesses, air quotes, where, you know, the, you know, the proponents wanted them to be, where the, 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 the business community, air, again, air quotes, uh, you can tell I'm a real big fan of uh, <laughs> the marijuana industry, uh, where they wanted them to be. So I would have thought, I would have hoped that Michelle would have focused her questions on how this is going to impact the community, particularly because there was one, you know, at the time the proposal was to put it a methanol mile. And, you know, there's still, you know, there's still plans, uh, you know, people are still, uh, as far as I know, uh, eyeing that area, and which I think is absolutely insane. But that that's <laughs> that that's something that I can discuss a little bit later in the show. Um, Methadone Mile, in general, that is, um, and 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 adding, you know, uh, a, a business. We're going to do air quotes again there that sells drugs. I I just. I mean, there are already so many drugs there. It's 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 literally an open air drug market. Uh, so why would it be considered a good idea to put such a business there? So it's it's just it's insane. It's lunacy. But to get back um, to the woo, <laughs> to the woo, I just I would have liked for her to have asked questions about the impact of these dispensaries on the communities in which these entrepreneurs, these uh, activists, these businessmen, whatever you want to, however you want to ter ter term these, these individuals who are behind the push uh, and who were, you know, at the, you know, at the hearing, uh, you know, from the, I'll, I'll just call it the marijuana community, um, I'll, broadly, I'll, I'll say broadly, because there were just, there were different people who spoke. Um, I would have wanted her, I would have liked for her to ask about what this would mean for the people already in the community, the residents, the other businesses, the possible impact, and, and how The, these these businesses planned on countering any kind of uh, neg negative effects, and I just she just she was unprepared. And I remember, um, you know, when I saw that she won, and I was watching the TV, I saw the results, and uh, I was you know there I was watching the. Um, the results with a number of other people. 
And I said to someone, and I'm not going to say who, I said, being mayor is a big job. It's a big job. And I, I don't think Michelle's up to it. And I guess I was a little too candid for someone's taste. And the person, I mean, the person wasn't offended, but I think it was more like, wow, you said that. Like, gee, <laughs> like, oof. <laughs> you know, because I think the idea was that maybe I should have exercised just a bit more uh, diplomacy. So I guess the idea was that I should have just said, okay, well, um, well, this is a bit disappointing, but let's see what happens. Well, no, I wasn't going to say that. I know what was going to, I mean, I knew that it wasn't going to be a success, that there would be, that there would be issues. And thus far, that's exactly what we've had. Now, I could not have predicted everything that I've seen, but I knew there would be issues because if you're not an effective city councilor at large, how are you then going to be an effective mayor? Now, I might have been willing to go back and just kind of reevaluate my position, reconsider my ideas on Wu as mayor. And I actually did. I sat down and I said, well, gee, can I vote for her? Should I vote for her? But in her run for mayor, she didn't say anything that represented a departure from Michelle Wu, the city councilor. I have seen candidates that I have not necessarily been in love with in one position, and then they run for something else. And I say, huh, you know, I'm hearing some ideas now, and, and I, I actually, I rather, I rather like them. I'm interested in hearing more. Tell me more. I'm going to pull up a chair here. <laughs> You've got my attention. You know, th there have been instances of that, so I wanted to hear something from Michelle. I mean, she talked about big, bold change, you know, presenting herself as, as dragging Boston into the 21st century. Well, first of all, that, that's offensive because Boston does not need Michelle to drag it anywhere. Okay, that's that's first of all. And if it was such a horrible place to be, I'm not quite sure why she would have decided to after studying at Harvard, doing her undergraduate work at Harvard and then studying at Harvard Law School, why she would have decided to make a life for herself and put down roots with her then boyfriend, now husband um here in Boston. So, it, it, you know, Boston could not have been that bad of a place when she arrived, right? So I don't want to hear her or anybody else talk about their vision and, and present it as an antidote 
to the issues in Boston and the, the issues being that it's parochial, that it's backwards, that it's this, that it's that. Quite frankly, with Michelle Wu's brand of progressivism, Boston has Boston has been prevented, has 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 been rendered inert. Okay, it's been prevented from moving forward. I mean, this is Boston is a blockbuster city, man. There are incredible resources here, and if we utilize them, and if we actually invested in the people. And I'm not just talking about children, right? Because that's like, I'm, I'm so tired of that line. Oh, well, they're the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're the future. But we also have to think about the present. <laughs> so, you know, we have to also continue to invest in people for the entirety of their lives. So that means adults, too, at, at, at every age. There's so much talent here. But we have these lame, lame ideas coming out of the far left. I mean, we should be focused on fixing schools. Instead, we're talking about how people are offended because they're not being accepted because of the type of hair that they have. Now, don't get me wrong. Those of you that have seen me know that I'm a woman of color. And I don't have what's called white hair. I don't have <laughs> what's called black hair either. I'm, you know, I'm mixed race. And, you know, I, I think I, you know, I have certain features that, you know, speak to, to that mix. So my hair is 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 a, a a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and you know I've had people make some rude remarks. Sure, I get it. People are ignorant. People can be really ignorant, um, not just toward you know people of color, but you know people of color can be ignorant toward white people and. White people can be ignorant toward other white people and black people can be, you know, or people of color uh, can be ignorant toward other people of color. I mean, people can just be ignorant. But I do understand that in certain places, certain people can find themselves on the receiving end. And I've said this before, receiving end of stupid comments bigoted comments, uncalled for comments. I get I get all that. I know all that. I've experienced some of that. So I don't want to say that this isn't an issue that should not be discussed. But I would say that the broader idea, the issue isn't the hair. It's the person. I mean, if you have respect for someone, you're not going to make in front of the person's hair. That's that's not going to be an issue. If you're if you're sensitive and 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 embracing of other peoples and other cultures, 
you know, they're not going to be a whole bevy of issues around what that person looks like, right? And so for me, I'm tired of the far left taking the symptoms of a bigger problem and elevating them to major issues because they're not. Again, it is something that should be discussed. In some instances, uh, it can be problematic. You know how a person wears his or her hair. A person can come under fire. If it's a child, a child can be discriminated against. An adult can be discriminated against. I get all that. But the, the broader, bigger issue is racism. So what are we going to do about it? And I don't see any ideas coming out of the far left. And when I see children, black and brown children, who have to fight to get an education, I have to say to myself, well, you're talking about the type of hair that black and brown children have. Could you maybe take just a little bit of time to talk about the education that they're getting? Because quite frankly, I think that's a bigger issue. I, I just, for the life of me, I don't understand why it's, it's, it's not an issue. In fact, you have two, and I've said this before, I've testified before the Boston School Committee um, about this. I uh, testified be- before uh, the task force that was set up for uh, the exam schools to uh, basically destroy the exam schools, to dismantle them completely. Um, I testified before both groups, and I said, you have methadone mile, and you have two elementary schools right there. What is wrong with people? You want to dismantle the only schools that consistently, or, or, or three, the, the, the main schools that consistently give their, their student bodies, respective student bodies, a solid educational foundation, but you're unwilling to address all these other schools that are plagued by, quite frankly, unnecessary issues. I mean, the all the the effort that was put in to dismantling the the exam schools, and and I mean, the fight to save the exam schools, it's it hasn't, you know, it's it hasn't it hasn't fallen by the wayside. Uh, but at present, things aren't good. Things aren't good, um, and. It's my hope that these horrible policies can be reversed, but damage still will have been done. And so the idea is to reverse these horrible policies and try to minimize the damage as much as possible. But again, the target was fixing the exam schools but there was no energy that could be mustered to address the issues plaguing the other schools. And there was not one word, not a single syllable. And this enrages me. This 
infuriates me. There was not a single word about elementary schools right on methadone mile. And very recently, it was just, just the other day, I saw a headline about how an individual was charged with human trafficking, sex trafficking. So we have that right there on methadone mile. Okay, so we have all these things going on. But yeah, let's talk about hair. <laughs> well, let's 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 make that let's make that uh, the 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 priority. So when we can, so when we come together and we talk about the issues of the day, let let's let's make sure that this particular topic is elevated to uh, you know level one of love, you know, it's elevated, you know, to high importance <laughs> and, and, and it, and it, and it takes up, uh, the bulk of our time. You know, it's just, it, it's, it's just, it's like, there's no logic. I don't see a lot of common sense. And, and, and this is, this is, this is the ideology of Michelle Wu. This is the ideology. So, you know, we have another, another week another month, another day, and there's another thing that Michelle Wu has done, she and her crowd have done, or should I say specifically Wu has done to anger people. You think people care? I mean, look, I'll be, I'll, I'll keep it real. People are nasty. There, there are some really nasty people out there. And I, I have no time for them. I don't. Okay, I have no, I, and I, I have zero use for them. And if someone sat down beside me and we started talking about Michelle Wu and the person started making racist or misogynistic remarks, I would just get up and leave. I don't have any time for that. Absolutely zero tolerance. As I've continued to say, and, I, and I'll, I'll just continue to reiterate this, there are a wide variety of people, different colors, different ethnic backgrounds, from different walks of life, and they are very upset with Michelle Wu. And a lot of it is, and I can't, again, I mean, there's so many things that like, it's just, it comes down to reiteration because for some reason, the truth of the matter is being really just, there's this unbelievable effort to ignore it. And, and I understand that a lot of people have become, things have become quite polarized. People have become more obstinate than ever. Uh, I could maybe argue more obtuse than ever. But this is really something spectacular. Like people are just denying the truth of it. And, and, and the truth of it is that Michelle is not listening to people. And she's just pushing her agenda. And it, this is, at this point, people are like, okay, well, it's not like we can say she's coming across as someone who doesn't care. People are just saying she doesn't care. Because it's one thing after another. And it's all 
of Michelle Wu's doing. So, you know, a few journalists have even said this, and I agree. It is of Michelle's doing. You know, oh, these, these, these protesters in front of her house. Well, you think people have nothing else better to do? I mean, come on. <laughs> so the latest thing that she's, that she's, you know, done, and that's how I'm going to phrase it, is she um, is charging North End, the North End, uh, the restaurant owners in the North End, $7,500. And she just clarified that it's not something that people uh, necessarily, uh, the, the owners have to pay up front. Um, they can pay, you know, month to month uh, if they don't. And, th- and this is for outdoor dining. Now, we all know that restaurants have been really whacked because of the pandemic. So outdoor dining has been a way for a lot of these restaurants, not just in the North End, but in other places, to recoup their losses, right? And, 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 I, and I can't even really say recoup their losses, but it's, it's helped them like kind of um, get back on some kind of, uh, some kind of reasonable footing, right? Or not reasonable, but uh, stable footing, right? It, it's allowed businesses to, to stay afloat uh, and even in some instances make some kind of profit, which, you know, has been sorely needed. Uh, so Michelle's argument is, is that she's listened to the North End residents who have been very vocal about uh, been tr- there's been trash, uh, a lot of trash from the outdoor dining, a lot of noise, um, but the trash in particular that, of course, then attracts rodents. And so this money would be to address, you know, some of these um, concerns. You know, it would it would be used to clean the North End, to keep it nice, uh, to, to ensure that uh, the, you know, the rodents don't become... A problem. I mean, I got news for you. You know, Boston has has rodents, right? Uh, the, the, some of those rats are quite big. Uh, I remember one time being on the subway. I was at Park Street Station, and I turned and looked, and I saw a really big rat coming down the stairs. And I was like, okay, maybe the rat wants to come with me to Harvard Square. I mean, it was big. I could have either. I had a choice at that point. I could. <laughs> either taking the train or throwing a saddle on that rat and rode it to Cambridge. I mean, we have some big rats. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> it's not like I don't think or I don't know that, you know, rats can be a problem, especially in areas where there are a lot of restaurants. And certainly if there's a lot of garbage, that can, you know, that can, you know, that can can uh, contribute to the proliferation of these pests. Um, but I, I, along with, of course, uh, the, the, these uh, restaurant owners in the North End and so many other people, we have a problem with Michelle Wu, uh, you know, this policy, because it's just the North End. And so I'm tired of Michelle, and, and you know, I don't want to speak for other people, but, you know, just listen to different people I'm going to say we, 
right? Because I've listened to other people, you know, wide variety of people. There's a real fatigue, right? People are very, very tired of the mayor um, and act in policies for just one group here, one group there. And, you know, in some instances, quite frankly, uh, particularly with a, a policy such as this, it's seen as punitive. And, and quite honestly, you know, I don't understand why Michelle Wu isn't working with her girl, Ayanna Presley, uh, in, in, in getting some of that federal money. Because there is a lot, you know, you know, all this money that was that was distributed and allocated for this and that during the pandemic. I mean, one of the few silver linings is that if we had smart leadership, we could have this money, we could take this money, we could get we could get all the money that has been uh, that has been allocated to us and we could use it to really um invest in areas that need it and we could also try to even uh replenish some uh depleted funds or um yeah funds I- I'll-, I'll phrase it like that um so i don't understand why michelle wu doesn't have the money like, we, we, I mean, like, where all this COVID, like, you know, all this money that's been given out, like, she can't use some of that for what she's talking about in the North End. And I'm actually giving her the benefit of the doubt because some people are not buying what Michelle Wu is saying. They're not picking up what she's been putting down. Okay. So I'm at least giving her, I don't want to say benefit of the doubt, but I, I'm not going to call her. I'm not, I'm not. Not even a lie, but I'm not going to say that she's, well, yeah, that she's a lie. I'm not going to say that. All right. So I'm going to say that this is why Michelle Wu's doing what she's, she's doing. I'm trying to be diplomatic. I'm trying to be respectful. But, you know, even from my, my stance, my, my position from my vantage point, it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. She does not need to charge these restaurant owners this money for what she's proposing, you know, the cleanup, the maintenance of of the North End to to, uh, counter uh, any kind of... um, trash or rodent issues she i mean there should be there should be other there should be available funds for that so you know naturally this has been met with you know a lot of you know for the people who are not here in boston uh who are well outside of boston well outside maybe of massachusetts this has been met with great resistance and rightfully so um but what i'm going to do now is i think i'm going to take a quick break I'm going to take a quick break. Um, As always, like I just kind of like throw it a lot there. Uh, We're going to take a quick break. Think about it. I want to remind people that if you have any questions or comments, feedback, you can hit me up. Um, Bostonian Rap is on Twitter. Uh, It's on Facebook. Uh, And you can also reach out to me personally. 
and uh, let me know <laughs> what what your thoughts are on my thoughts. Um, but let's take a quick break. For those of you who have tuned in sometime after the beginning, uh, my name again is Rachel Meiselman, and you have been listening to me um, on Bostonian Rap on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. Boston homeowner, do you have a lead service pipe supplying water to your residence? If so, Boston Water and Sewer Commission will pay up to $4,000 to remove and replace your lead pipe, an amount that will cover the full replacement cost for most customers. And in the event there is a balance, that can be repaid interest-free over 60 months. For more information about this affordable program that will help protect your family's health, Call 617-989-7888 or visit the website address seen here on your screen. This has been a public service announcement of Boston Water and Sewer Commission. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Crispy, blazed, toasty, faded, lit. No matter what you call it, if you're high, you're too high to drive. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Rachel Meiselman, and I am back. You are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. And I want to thank people so much for listening to me every week on Bostonian Rap. Um, I never have a shortage of things to talk about, and I always have plenty of opinions. I appreciate um, getting the feedback. Um, Just before going to break, I you know, talked about that and invited people to uh, reach out uh, or to continue to reach out. Um, And yeah, that's that. Uh, But to get back to what we were discussing, um, Mayor Wu and uh, her latest, her latest debacle. So I, I, just I don't see this getting any better. It's it, she's going to be stumbling from one disa- uh, disastrous move, like you know, coming out of one disastrous decision and plunging headlong into another one, um, because it's just she has her agenda. Uh, she's not interested in you know seeing what the actual needs and concerns of the people are. She's not. You know, the people don't have her ear. So it, it's, I mean, a lot of people, and 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 I have to, this is what I'm going to say. I think a lot of people, what they don't want to realize is that, you know, the people who are protesting Wu, um, so let's just, you know, because you obviously have people still protesting her over her, the vaccine mandate. Um the people who are protesting her, they're not just people. There, there are some people who are anti-vaxxers. That is true. I, I know some of the people 
who appear, who, you know, who have appeared in front of her house on, you know, a few occasions, who've appeared at rallies, um, or who maybe even appear at her house regularly. Um, what's interesting is that there's one person in particular, uh, she decried my presence in front of Charlie Baker's house um, because, yeah, I, 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 I was upset with Charlie. <laughs> I, I, uh, well, upset with Charlie. Uh, maybe a better way. <laughs> See, this, this whole, this whole, like, uh, <laughs> this whole, uh, particular episode, I feel like I, if I've, um, found myself, like, thinking, okay, how can I phrase this better? <laughs> how, so it comes across better. Um, I, you know, I, I wanted Charlie to be, um, engaged with the conversations around methadone mile. I, I wanted him to get involved. He, of course, has since gotten involved. Um, but that's, you know, I went, that's why I went to his home. But I wasn't yelling and screaming. I engaged with passers-by. I even engaged, engaged with some of his security detail. Um, so I wasn't going there, you know, none of that. Um, it wasn't... Um, it wasn't meant to disrupt the neighborhood or his neighbors, but he needed to hear what people were saying about methadone mile. But back to my point is that one of the people who has been quite outspoken about Mayor Wu and her vaccine mandate, uh, she was very critical of me uh, going to Charlie Baker's home, and I did it twice. That's it. Just twice. Twice. And... I, you know, I, I found, I find it hilarious. Like I, <laughs> it's, you know, it, it's okay for you to go however many times in front of Mayor Wu's house. But, you know, the couple of times I went in front of Charlie Baker's house, I was begging Charlie to do something. I was trying to get his approval. No, I, I wanted Charlie to do what I thought was his job. And he actually did get involved with the discussions, but unfortunately, you know, Method mile is still method mile. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I relate that story because, you know, I want to make it clear that, you know, the political right is not one big happy family, just like, you know, the political left or those in between. Um, and, 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 and just to kind of make it clear that, it's not because someone's in my in my ideological camp or might share a lot of the same views or might have the same letter after his or her name as I do that that person and I are going to be besties. That's just not that's just not how I operate. It's not how I roll. Okay. So uh, this, you know, this 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 narrative that these are all anti-vaxxers, that's not true. So there are some. Some I like better than others, clearly, right? Um, but it's not just anti-vaxxers. I mean, I mean, it's there are a lot of people who are fully vaccinated, and they have a booster shot. So they they have the the, the two shots of the vaccine, and then they have um, the third shot, you know, the booster. Um, and and they're very upfront. They're you know with sharing that information, and they're still very against Michelle Wu's mandate. So, I mean, this isn't just one group 
or another group. This is, this is, you know, you have different people who have coalesced around the idea that a mandate is not a good idea, that people have a right in this instance to make the decision for themselves because, as I've said before, there are different paths that people can take that will keep them healthy and others healthy. You have people that are black. You have people that are brown. You have people that are white. I mean, you have people of all ethnic backgrounds who are protesting Michelle Wu. Yet, when she opens up her mouth to, to, to complain or to criticize people who protest her or who've been vocal in their protestations of her policies— for some inexplicable reason, these people are always white. They are always far right. They're always white. They're always far right. And they are all anti-vaxxers and they're all racist and they're all misogynist. It, it's just, it's fairly incredible. And, and, and you know, to, to ignore people of color other people of color that don't, don't agree with her and to pretend they don't exist, that's, that's, that's particularly offensive, right? Um, because it, what do we have here? So we're saying that if you think a certain way, um, but you have a certain skin tone, you don't matter, you don't exist. I mean, that's been the message that consistently Michelle Wu has given to all of her constituents, really, at the end of the day. Um, but I guess, you know, there, there are instances where people feel like, depending on who and what they are and, and what the situation is, they feel like they matter even less than others. And that's not okay. Now, we're getting ready to wind down, but, you know, I... I will continue to talk about these different issues, and I'll definitely talk about methadone more because methadone is is just as bad as it ever was, and um, that deserves, it's no longer in the headlines, but it deserves renewed attention. So thank you for tuning in. Um, my name is Rachel Meiselman. You've been listening to me uh, on Bostonian Rap on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. Thank you so very much for listening. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, Call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.